Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we're taking a break from our verse-by-verse study as we're going to do a topical study on understanding baptism. Understanding baptism. Uh, a lot of things in scripture and that's what we're going to do is we're going to go to the scriptures we're going to see that jesus was baptized before he started this earthly ministry uh, we're going to talk about whether or not you have to be baptized to be saved um, is it fully immersion of baptism meaning that you're you're fully immersed in the water or do you get sprinkled uh, what does it mean to be baptized as a baby we're going to look at all of those different topics today as we look at understanding baptisms biblically biblically that's very important here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study this is actually the first baptism of this church we've done baptisms at at um, where were we at last year paradise canyon because we we baptized baptized a few people we were really blessed last year and we got a bunch more to baptize this year But this will be the first time we do it here as a church. And we have another church coming alongside of us. And there should be joy in that. We should be joyfully. Man, it's a wonderful testimony of the work that God is doing in that person's life. And we should be celebrating that. Because look, there's enough things in this world that, that will depress you. There is. There is. You know, one of the things that brings me the absolute joy is my wife will find something that, that's online and, and it just she starts giggling beyond control. And that laughter that she has, it brings me joy. Because that's what I like to do to try to make her laugh. I did that when I was 17, was try to get that laugh out of her. But when she starts, she'll, something will pop up on, and it's some weird little thing. And then she'll start laughing at it, and, and, it's, uh, and it brings me joy. It brings me joy to, 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 to be married. It brings me joy to have grandkids. It brings me joy to be able to come and see y'all on Sundays and Wednesdays. It brings me joy to go to Corpus and sit and watch the ocean. It brings me joy to see my, my friends and family from other churches. But also brings me joy to the most important thing is my relationship with Christ. There should be joy in that. That's that's my prayer. So where are your eyes firmly fixed? On the author and the finisher? 
of your faith, Jesus? Or are they fixed on something else? So what does the Bible have to say about water baptism? So we know that, that Jesus was baptized. We talked about it there in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So it is spoken, and actually there's only two ordinances that are given by Jesus for the church. One we're going to do today, which is communion. The next we're going to do next week, which is baptism. Those are two ordinances that were given by Jesus for the church. Baptism and communion. We are to take communion together as a fellowship. So what do you think happened during COVID? Huh. See how the devil loves to do things? Now, I'm sure some of y'all may have done it the way where you watched on video and you, you grabbed the bread and the crackers and you, you did the juice for your family, and that's fine. But we're, we're, we're to not forsake the fellowship, to come together. And it's amazing as you start looking at all the news and how there's so much misinformation out there, right? It's sad. It really is. But y'all, let me tell you something. You need to be ready because there's going to be a lot more misinformation out there. And so you need to be well read. You need to be looking at multiple sources and understanding what's going on in the world. Because, you know, as we look at things like, uh, you know, AI and that stuff, you're going to see that there's going to be even a bigger, bigger opportunity for misinformation to be put out. And it's going to get worse. And so you need, to, you need to be looking at stuff and pay attention to stuff. But the, the greatest thing that you, can, that you can look at is, and this is why it's very important, you need a physical Bible. Because I believe at some point, and I, it wouldn't put it past me, that AI is going to switch this and start changing things in this. You need a physical Bible. Every person should have one. There's, a, there's, a, there's something tangible about opening the Word of God at church. And, and let me tell you something. When you, know, you start having AI start coming up, there'll probably be the AI translation <laughs> at some point. You need the, the physical Word of God, Right? Books are not bad. Uh, you know, I, it's funny because people don't... I had one of the kids ask me, what is that, Grandpa? I was like, it's a newspaper. I, I was reading the Divine Newspaper. I was like, it's a newspaper. They had no clue what it was. It's, you know, don't, don't rely on so much technology. Okay? I think we have... We, I know we have one very avid book reader. And... You know, physical books. They're awesome to read sometimes, you know. But, yeah, so we, we see that one of the things that we're, we're to do is, is our ordinances, our communion and, and, and baptisms. And so we see that the early church, if you look at the scriptures in the early church, they celebrated the baptisms. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 
It says, And those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They were gladly received. But one of the verses I love, so it, it, no matter if it's one person being baptized, no matter that it's 10, 15, or 20, you should gladly receive them, gladly have joy with that. You know, Philip is in Acts chapter 8 and verse 30, uh, one of the things that we see is Philip has this, this booming ministry. The whole town is, is coming to faith. And he's sent to go speak to one person. And let me tell you something. And we get done with those baptisms and you tell me two weeks later that I want to be baptized, then we'll pull the tub back out and we'll baptize you. And we'll celebrate that one baptism. Now, will you have a barbecue and all that stuff? No. You're just going to be wet, but we're going to have fun doing it. Right? That's why that tub's going to be sitting in that room. And if somebody tells me I want to be baptized today, then we're going to pull the tub out. It may be cold, but you're going to get dunked. We'll immerse you. We want to be able to, we want to celebrate those things. Philip goes in in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 30. So Philip ran and heard him, uh, ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and, and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And I asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture where, uh, which he read was this. He was led to a sheep to the slaughter. And as the lamb before its shear is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In humiliation and justice it was taken away. And, and who will declare, uh, declare the, uh, his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And so the eunuch asked Philip and, and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the scripture and preached Jesus to him. If you have a highlighter, you need to highlight verse 35. In order for you to share your faith, you have to open your mouth. It doesn't happen because of osmosis. Now, Court shared something that's very important. I think it's really true. We have to live out our faith, right? We are to be the salt and the light of the world, right? But you have to open your mouth too. And then what do you do? Preach Jesus. That's it. Preach Jesus. You don't need to have any smart little things or, man, just preach Jesus. The story of Christ. This man is coming. He's a eunuch. He is the queen's administrator. Right? And, and he is leaving religion in Jerusalem. And he's still trying to figure out who was Jesus. Because that's what religion does. It leaves us empty. But he says, Preach Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. What a beautiful verse that is. 
Like this was the Queen's administrator. The gospel is going to Africa. And it's going to explode. And guess what this eunuch is going to do? He's going to preach Jesus and open his mouth and he's going to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The gospel's for everybody. The gospel's for the one Ethiopian, but also for the 3,000 on Pentecost. The gospel's for the Hispanic in the community, right? And also for the aged. For the young, right? Also for the skateboarder or the hippie, if there are any anymore, right? The gospel's for everybody. What hinders anybody from being baptized? They just need to believe in Christ. They need to confess their sins and ask Christ into their heart. So why should we be baptized? Well, one of the things we see as we talk about that is in Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and 28, it says, For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one. We're grafted together as a body of Christ. And that's why it tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So when somebody asks me, why should I be baptized? Because Christ was baptized. Because it's an ordinance of the church. But please, do not be baptized because Mike has asked you to be baptized. You need to be baptized because what God is doing in your heart, God has shown you that you need to have it done. You're not being baptized for mom or dad. You're not being baptized for your aunt or your uncle or your tia or your tia. You're being baptized because God has put it on your heart through the Holy Spirit to be baptized. It's, it, it is a, a simple, again, it is simply a, a, an indicator of, a, of that inward sign of an outward chain is, is, is to say that I am a follower and a believer of Jesus. And, and again, that's what Paul the Apostle was talking about in Romans chapter 6. In verses 1 through 6, it says, What shall we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall uh, we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or did you not know that as many as of you, uh, many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. I'm committing my life. When I'm baptized, I'm committing my life to Christ. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. And we believe again in just the total immersion of baptism. 
And that's simply just, if, it's, if there's a picture of it or an example of it, it's as you're entering the water, the old you, the old self is dying. As you go into the water, the submersion of the water, your outward acknowledgement that the old man is dead and buried. And as you come up from the water, it's, it's a public commitment to the newness that you are, the new life in Christ that you have. You're publicly letting everybody know that. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, it says, Buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith and the working of the dead, who raised him from the dead, and you were dead in the trespasses, your trespasses, and the uncircumcised flesh he made, uh, he has made a, alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. So simply the water baptism is a simple picture of, of, of our heart that belongs to Christ. It's the doctrine of, of baptism, which is the remission of sin. We know that we talked about Saul of Tarsus very simply, that uh, at some point Ananias has to go and give Saul back his, his eyesight. And Ananias is telling the Lord, look, do you know who this guy is? He's persecuting the church. He's been putting people in jail. He's been killing people. He's trying to destroy the way. And the Lord tells Ananias, you've got to go restore your brother's sight and baptize him. In Acts chapter, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, or 15, he says, For you will all be witnesses to man of what you uh, what have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So we see that it's a remission of sin and then the regeneration of the new birth. And Titus talks about that in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Not by our works of righteousness, which have been done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. It's not by works. And, and there's nothing that you do that does anything to save you by baptism. You're just identifying that your personal relationship with, with, is with Jesus Christ publicly. Because it tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then again, you find out that you're being grafted into Christ. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, For as many as of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, the last thing we will cover real quickly is, is should infants be baptized? We don't baptize infants here. We dedicate infants. Okay? We go by what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 26 and 28. Now, a decision will be made. Now, here's the thing about baptism of a child. If it's under 12, normally what we do is, as I will talk with Miss Elba and Miss Teresa, and they have a video that they're actually watching this week. If they can grasp the concept, because let me tell you something, kids can get it a lot easier than you can. Because we see it at BBS every year. We've had, we got two teachers here from BBS that have seen many kids come to faith through those teachings. That have given their hearts to Christ. That have chosen to follow Jesus at a young age. But we make a decision case by case. I have to make sure that child understands what it is to, to 
what sin is and what is to ask Christ into their heart. And then guess what? The parent has to be okay with it as well. Because if the parent tells me no, then that baptism is not happening. It's going to have to wait. Okay? So yes, we will baptize kids under 12 years old. You will see that this week coming up. But understand that they have, they have somebody has sat with them and has made sure that they understand what sin is, what confession of sin is, to ask Jesus into their heart and to understand baptism. And they have a wonderful video, which I will make sure. So all of this teaching will be online. What I mean by that is all of this scripture, all of this will be under the about page from here on out. So if you have any questions about baptism, if you, if you want to know more about it, it'll be on there. Um, and there's a reason for that is because we want to make sure you all understand. So if you, if you got questions, you can go and get the answers for it. So, um, and the video will be on there so you can watch it. It's a really good video. I would highly suggest it because my, my granddaughter understood it. And she's, she's, fixing, or she's five now. And I was like, are you serious? And she, man, she could tell you. But girls are smarter than boys. And all. that's just, let's just go ahead and. At that age, boys are just wanting to throw things and hit. And, you know, they want to run around and, and shoot water guns. And, you know, that's boys. Girls are very intelligent at that age. And, uh, and they continue to be intelligent. Because my wife is very smarter than me. And all. Um, so here's uh, one of the things I want to warn you about just this week as we close out. For those of you that are going to be baptized, very important for you to understand this. The devil does not like giving up real estate. So, expect a fun week. Okay? Expect a fun week. Tire blows out. There will be plenty of opportunities for you to, to be upset this week. But it, it, it's because we know when we read in Ephesians chapter 6, it says in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. The devil does not like to give up real estate. Okay? Because now what you're doing, not only have you given your heart to Christ, you confess your sins, but now you're publicly, publicly saying, I belong to Jesus. And there will be members of your family that will go, wow, what is that? And guess what? It can save other people. And the devil doesn't want that. So, if you're inviting somebody, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for yourselves this week. So what is your application? Very simply. Be ready. If you, if you are being baptized this week, you need to put on the armor of God every day. You need to be doing that every day anyway. But you need to be prepared for, like I said, the devil doesn't want to give up any real estate. And, and God can do amazing things. So you, you may invite a cousin, a nephew, a, an aunt, an uncle. And guess what? My daughter, Tally... The day I got baptized, gave her heart to Christ and was baptized the same day. We had no clue that was going to happen. 
you have no idea what God wants to do. People are hurting. People are seeking answers. And they can find it in Jesus Christ. Okay? Next. For you that have been baptized. How's your walk? I want you to think about that day you were baptized. Is there something that you... Is there some business that you and God need to do? Have things changed? Have you drifted a little bit? A lot? But here's what you need to do, too. You need to pray for those that are going to be baptized on that day. I need you to be praying for them every day. Every day. Lord, you know the names. And you go, I don't know the names. Just say, Lord, you know the names of every person that's going to be baptized that day. Protect them this week. Keep them. Because let me tell you something. Sunday morning, you could be coming to church and you have a blowout. The enemy's going to try to keep you from being here. It's, just be prepared. And they, that's where prayer, man, the beauty of prayer is, is such an important thing. And then your job for all of us, every one of us, is to, we're all supposed to be inviting somebody. Okay, so invite somebody. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 